Hello and welcome to YHTV's Trinity of Life. This is episode 62. I'm Christina Suzuma, your host for this program. Thank you so much for joining me as I continue to explore the wonderful world of healing arts, meditation, therapies, and the many modalities of helping each of us find balance in our individual journeys. We're always excited to meet those who are on the leading edge of creating change on this planet. Today our show is Yoga and Parkinson's. Now, any, at any time during this live presentation, you can feel free to ask a question or make a comment just by scrolling down on your screen and typing it into the comment box. Or if you prefer to ask it yourself or uh, speak to our wonderful guest, uh, you can dial into our conference line, 323-476-3997. And your ID is 607-393-POUND. Well, it gives me great pleasure to have with us uh, today a faculty of Yoga Hub's Virtual World Yoga and Meditation Conference. And uh, she has also been a guest previously on YHTV, episode number 20. If you choose to go back there and uh, listen to that one, it's wonderful. And she was speaking on yoga and tick-borne illnesses. And today she will be speaking of yoga and Parkinson's. Let us welcome our wonderful family member and blogger, Kat Robinson. Hello, Kat. Welcome back. Hey. Well, thank you. It's nice to be here. Thank you. Yes, yeah, always lovely to have you back. And I, I mean, now your episode, this is 42 episodes later. Yeah. It's amazing, yeah. isn't amazing. it? Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Went fast, didn't it? And it was exactly a year ago today that I was on last time. So, yes. just in that year. This is how much you've accomplished. There you go. And, and yeah, you've moved forward as well. My goodness. Tell us what's been happening in your life the last time your daughter had gotten married. And <laughs> that was my youngest daughter. Yes. Was, had gotten married. And now, um, as a matter of fact, today, my oldest daughter is at the doctor right now, um, preparing to have our third grandchild, second one from her. A little boy, is he's due any time. So, um, you know, I kept sweating, thinking, oh, she's going to go into labor at 11 o'clock today, and I'm going to be at the hospital. I'm <laughs> going to be able to do this, or we'll be doing this from the hospital. Oh, <laughs> but goodness. she's just for her regular weekly appointment right now, and um, but it should be any time. Very <laughs> wonderful. Well, congratulations to Thank her you. and your you and your whole family. Thank you. And we, of course, wish her a wonderful, easy, fluid birth. <laughs> I hope so, yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, so, Kat, can you give our audience who might be new listening to you a little bit about your history and uh, where you're from and where you're living now? And, sure. Um, yes, and your, your just a little bit of the flow of life that you've had. Okay. Um, I am the owner of Active Cat Yoga in Donovan, Missouri. Which, if you've never heard of Donovan, Missouri, that's okay. Nobody has. <laughs> it's <laughs> out in the middle of nowhere. Um, but I have a, a very nice family of, of yoga students here. We um, enjoy our yoga practice very much. Um, I have uh, made a DVD called Sewing Yoga that is a therapeutic yoga pr program for people who sew. I also have um, written a book entitled I Almost Died, Reinventing Yourself with Yoga and Meditation After Traumatic Illness or Injury. Um, this is a, the book was a result of my being bitten by a tick and contracting Rocky Mountain Spotted Fever when I was 17 and, and the health issues that arose from that and um, my journey through yoga and how it helped to, you know, kind of put my body back together afterwards to bring me to where I am today. Um, what else? I have three kids, a son and two daughters. I have any day now, three grandchildren. I have three <laughs> grandchildren. He's just not making his grand appearance yet. A wonderful husband who supports me on everything. Um, I live in a 100 year old hospital that we have renovated into my studio and apartment and my husband's business. And we just bought another building, um, Next door to ours, that was actually our town's first bank. It's 118 
18 years old. It still has the vault in it. It's We're renovating that now for my husband to move his office into there. Um, but yeah, we, we live a full life. I'm also on my town city council. And this year, my husband and I were chosen as the town citizens of the year. Oh, so congratulations. It's been here this year. It's been, it's been very busy. <laughs> yes. Congratulations. How wonderful. Very, very full. And wow, yeah. a bank. Yeah. Those old banks are really uh-huh. magnificent, aren't beautiful they? Beautiful vault and a beautiful safe. Um, you know, just, uh, you know, the, the ordinateness of it that was put into this over 100 years ago, um, you know, and you think that this was all done by hand. Mm. You know, there weren't any power tools then or mass production of these. Every every one of them was done by hand. Yes. and. Um, you know, it's just beautiful, absolutely beautiful. I have to take pictures and, and post them for you. Oh, you must. That sounds fantastic. So he's moving his office from the hospital to the bank. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and that which gives your uh, yoga studio expansion. Actually, no. He's keeping his part of the the hospital. He's just not going to have his office in there. Uh, It will actually be his uh, shop for his construction business. I see. I see. Oh, very good. Well, congratulations on all those levels. Thank Um, you. So, Kat, it's it's, uh, amazing uh, your experiences and your, uh, your journey in your life from one thing to the next. And and why you even got into yoga and, you know, creating the DVD and the book that you did. And uh, really, you really dedicate yourself to what comes up in the moment. And that's, that's right. what's magnificent. Um, yeah. uh, now, you recently uh, had a situation with one of your students. Can you tell us about that? Um, yeah, I um, had a, have a student that had has been with me for, you know, several years, probably seven years. And she was in one of my more advanced yoga classes, um, was an avid golfer, jogger. And then one day she came to class and it was literally like it was just overnight. I mean, she came into class one day and she was having a really difficult time following along in class. You know, I didn't put a whole lot of thought into it at the time. You know, I, I just assumed she was having a bad day, maybe had something else on her mind. And um, so I just kind of ignored it. A couple of weeks went by. She did fine. And then it happened again. I mean, and, can you can you articulate like what, what it was that she was having problems um, with? You know, or? it was things that we, we would do you know, every class, you know, Virabhadrasana one, Virabhadrasana two, simple poses that we do in every class. And, you know, she wouldn't be able to get her arms in the right position or, um, and then, and she would just be confused. You know, she was just very confused and, and, and then she would figure it out and every, we'd kind of get a little chuckle out of it. And then, you know, it would be fine, but it was just kind of subtle little things like that. Like, you know, um, just not being able to put her feet in the right place or, um, you know, just little things. And then um, it it happened again, like I said, a couple of weeks later. And this time I was getting a little concerned. I thought, you know, something's wrong here. She must, and and again, I still am thinking she must have something going on at home that's got her mind preoccupied. And I just, you know, thought she must really be struggling through something and, you know, and then it happened again and again. And then one day we always, in every class that I have, whether it's, you know, a gentle restorative class or if it's a powerful vinyasa, we always end the class, the last 15 minutes of our class with legs at the wall and shavasana. And she had done this in every class. I mean, like I said, she she would she very seldom ever missed a class. She was there for everyone. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, we finished up and we had done our cool down. And I said, and you may do legs at the wall, which is usually that's when everybody 
is, you know, running to the wall because it's their favorite part of class. <laughs> and, <laughs> and she just kind of sat and stared at me. And it was a very blank stare, just, um, you know, just kind of a blank stare. And it was, it was nothing very long. It was just very, you know, maybe 30 seconds. And one of the other students said her name and she looked over at her and, you know, and she said, come on, you can be by me. And I could tell that this other student of mine was also picking up on it because they were in class together all the time. They were friends, you know, they golfed together. They did a lot of things together. And, um, so then the next week when this started again, I was very concerned. I thought something is not right here. And so I pulled this other student of mine off to the side and I said, is this just me or are you noticing this too? And she said, something's not right. Something is definitely off. And so um, we just kind of let time go by, you know, we thought, okay, well, if she's going through something personal, if she feels like sharing this with us, she will. But it just got to a point that I, I had to say something. And so one day after class, I pulled her off to the side and I mentioned to her that I had noticed that she was confused in class and that if there, I asked her if there was anything that I could help her with or if, you know, if, if there was anything I could do. And she told me that, and she was very, you know, there's a stigma that goes along with this, that, you know, people are embarrassed by it or they're, um, they, they tried to be secretive, I think, you know, or at least she was. And she said, no, I have been having some health issues and I have been diagnosed with early, the early stages of Alzheimer's disease. And so, of course, you know, horrible diagnosis. And so then, you know, I started paying, you know, special attention to her in class, making sure that she was being able to do the things. I started noticing some problems with her balance. And then a few weeks later, probably a month later, she said they had misdiagnosed me. I have atypical Parkinsonism. And so, this is a very, very quickly progressive disease. It, it, from the onset, it progresses very quickly. And so she stayed with us in our class for a while. And, you know, but it, it became very apparent that she was not going to be able to stay there. She, she needed a different class. And so I started a new class um, with her in mind, and a lot of people actually joined in on it because it was a very um, gentle class and, and um, kind of therapeutic, more of a yoga therapy class. And I just called it a, a gentle mat class. And um, she did very well in that for a while. But again, progression started happening, and um, eventually she ended up in my chair class. And now we see each other one-on-one, -on -one, and we found that with two half-hour private sessions a week, we actually get more accomplished than we do in a group setting. So that was our motivation for that. And, um, you know, it's it's a struggle for. It's, it, it's a struggle for anybody who has this disease. And, um, you know, it's it's been a struggle for me as a teacher to keep myself informed and educated on um, the um, characteristics of the disease. Mm. So um, I just kind of delved right in and, and started studying it. And it, it's, it, it's very um, challenging mm. um, for yeah, everybody. It, well, yes, because uh, to watch a friend or for her family too, sure. how do you deal with sure. it? Can you and, and, give the audience yeah. members who are not familiar with Parkinson's, can you give them a, a brief description of, of what sure. entails? It's a neurological um, disease. It is not general or specific. People can have, you know, different symptoms from the same disease. Um, you know, there are types of Parkinson's disease that are more slowly progressive. Um, the one that she has 
is the one that's more rapidly progressive. Some people live with Parkinson's disease and they, you know, they, they do very well. They respond well to the medications. Um, L-dopamine is, is one of the, you know, the big medications for this. Um, there are some horrible side effects from the medication. She did have some of those side effects. The doctors have adjusted her medication over and over and over, um, you know, to try to find that magic combination there for her. Um, you know, some days she does really, really well, and then other days are not so great. And, um, you know, so with this type of disease, and it's interesting that you had said, you know, that I really, um, you know, take it at the moment. But, you know, when you have, if you're someone who has a disease like this, or if you're a teacher or a health care provider or just a caregiver, the family members, I mean, the family members of this need the, you know, as much support as the actual patient does. Um, you know, you really do have to live in the moment. You know, it, it really is a moment to moment thing because one moment can be great and then the next moment it can just go all over the place. So, and it's, it's neurological, it affects the, um, you know, the, the tremors are a big issue. Um, her gait, balance, um, her midsection becomes very rigid. So even sitting down in a chair sometimes can be really challenging that she needs help with or going to the bathroom or, you know, it's, it's been, you know, very much an uphill climb for her with this. Um, and for me as a teacher, it's been, you know, very challenging. You know, like I said, when I first found out that she had this disease, I, you know, I started studying it and trying to find out as much as I could and, you know, trying to find ways to try to help her in my, you know, non-medical field way. I mean, I'm a yoga teacher, but I have no medical training. I have anatomy and, you know, and physiology, but that's, you know, I'm not a nurse. I'm not a doctor. Um, I am a yoga therapist that does help, um, you know, and, and this is, you know, a Vata condition. So I have looked into Ayurveda and, um, you know, different ways to help with that. Um, we've, we've experimented with coconut oil to, you know, that has been shown to help tremendously because it's very similar to the, um, the fat in coconut oil is very similar to the fat in the brain. So it, it helps with that. Um, but, you know, so, so much of the, the um, information out there was just so clinical. It was, you know, it was just very, um, I might as well have been getting a medical degree. And, and it, I might as well have been reading a foreign language because I just didn't understand it. And then I would find, you know, things that were just very generalized. And, you know, that especially when it came to yoga for Parkinson's, um, you know, cat cow pose, for instance, is a big one. Um, you know, at this point she couldn't get up and down off the floor. So, you know, what I had to do was I basically just did things the old fashioned way and just said, what do you feel you need? Where do you feel you need help? And we found that the main things that she needed help with was balance. She needed help with just getting up and down out of a chair. That is just part of her exercise is just getting up and down out of a chair. Um, keeping her torso um, from becoming so rigid. So there's a lot of twists that go into it. Um, it's, there's just, you know, so many things that, you know, I can sit here and I can say what is good for her, but somebody else may have a patient, a student that is a patient, uh, Parkinson's patient, that needs something completely different. So, you know, I don't want to be too general, but I think that balance, the balancing poses, tree pose, um, supported balancing poses, very important to make sure that they have something to hold on to so they don't fall. She, in the beginning, not in my class, but at home, she was taking quite a few falls. Um, she would come in, she'd be bruised up from falling. Um, you know, so it was real scary for her that she would just lose her balance. That I think has improved a little bit. Um, you know, the, the last few weeks of, of having her, um, in class or, you know, in our sessions, 
she's she's done very well. So, you know, they have adjusted her medication and she's done very well. But it's, um, you know, it's something that we just have to work with every every time, maybe a little, you know, we have to just evaluate every session. But I do keep things as routine as possible because another thing associated with this is confusion. And the the main reason why that we stopped having her in the chair class and the group session is because one day I had two new students show up for that class. And just having those two new students show up for class really threw her for a loop. You know, she was scared. She didn't, she wasn't, she was confused. Um, so that was when we decided, you know, it would be best if it's just the two of us. Oh my goodness, what a journey that uh, both of you are going through. Yeah. I mean, how wonderful is that, that she realizes to continue her practice? And looks forward to it. Yes, yes. I, I think that says a lot about you yeah. as an instructor, Kat, because... Well, thank you. It, yeah, you know, you. I think your nurturing and your encouragement and support speaks volumes in this case, and yeah. um, the dedication to you know supporting her well-being. Um, well, congratulations, and, and that's wonderful. Thank it's, you. Um, uh, can you share with us approximately how old she is? Um, I would say early 70s. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So not, yeah, not terribly no, old. No, of know? course not. That's not even that's not considered that's not old. old in our society <laughs> these days. No. I know I have a, a cousin that, that continues a championship lawn bowling at in sure. his mid seventies. It's sure. wonderful. Sure. Yes. And like I said two years ago, she was in our power classes and she jogged and mm-hmm. she golfed and she, you know, was just this active dynamic force. So, you know, and it's, it's a life lesson to those of us who are on the outside of it, um, her family members, myself, her friends, that, you know, there can be a shift at any moment. Mm-hmm. And that's why we have to live in the moment. We have to take each moment and we have to seize that moment because we, it may not come back around again. And, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, we don't, you know, they say that our, you know, most precious asset is our time because it's something that we can't replace. And, you know, so every moment is just very valuable. And, and that's what I strive mostly to teach her is to enjoy the good moments, be accepting of the ones that she feels aren't so good. And, you know, and to just be where she is and accept and love herself where she's at, no matter where it is. Mm-hmm. And, right. you know, and, and her family, the support for her family is also very important. Yes. Uh, you know, her husband is wonderful about making sure she gets to class. Um, you know, he's um, very helpful and discussing with me what's going on. Um, you know, that he's been a great support in this. Mm, that's lovely. It would be you should tell him it's even more wonderful if you came and joined us in class. <laughs> and I have. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yes, because that'd be really lovely. Then she feels fully supported and, yeah. and he has the understanding that she could do some of those things at home if she's at a good day right. as well. And, and I do teach him, you know, mm-hmm. things that she can do at home and, um, you know, to, um, you know, make sure that... Um, she has something to hold on to when she does them and not to expect too much if she's having a bad day to, you know, to, um, for him to be in the moment as well. Right. Absolutely. So, so here you are in this uh, journey with your wonderful student here. Um, and because it's in the moment and everything continues to be in the moment, um, you, she comes into you like several times a week or just once a week? Twice. Twice a week? Uh-huh. So in between, you have no idea what's happening? No. No. And so whatever and however she feels comfortable, uh, you just work with her on the day depending on where she's at. Right. Right. So have you found during this uh, a specific asanas that you feel... Um, have been like a little bit of a staple, like every time uh-huh. she's come in, certain ones are definite, like she's able to do and she's able right. to, you know, ground in with. We have. And, you know, and keep in mind that even though we do have 
certain asanas that we do and, you know, and we do find um, keeping routine and keeping things the same every time is very beneficial for her. But we do have to make adjustments. Um, for instance, there was about a month there that we couldn't do balancing the balancing poses at all. We just, it, it, she wasn't going to be able to do them. And I have to recognize that when she comes in that, you know, some things just may not be possible today. So we do something else. But I try to keep it as as routine as I can. We do have one that we do um, that um, it's not really an asana, but it's a forward fold. It's multidirectional. It's a forward fold, and then it's it's reaching tall and stretching through the waist, and then stretching our arms out at the side, um, you know, and, and bringing our hands in front, and, and we count as we do it. We count to 10 each time. We, you know, we bend down, touch the floor, count to 10, reach up count to 10, reach out, count to 10. That counting also helps her. It helps her to make that cognitive connection with, you know, the, the movement and, and counting, you know, because there was a time not too long ago that counting was even a problem for her. Counting to 10 was a problem. So that has vastly improved. Um, we do twists. We, you know, we sit in a chair and we twist that helps. We do a side lean with her holding on. I actually have to keep her chair um, supported. Um, so she, you know, if she has a problem when she's sitting down that she doesn't just fall back and fall over in the chair. So I put it up against the wall. When we do a side lean, I'm either standing next to her to hold her uh, or I have something there that's going to keep her from falling over. Um, you know, we do, we, we bring her, her knee to her chest. Um, I have her cross her, you know, one leg over the other and then lean forward to stretch the hips, kind of a seated pigeon pose type, um, modification. Um, you know, there, those things we pretty much can always do. Um, some of the standing poses, we don't always get to do those because it may just be a day that her balance is just so far off that it, it would be too scary. Um, for her and for me. Uh, so, you know, we, I do have to be very flexible about that, but at the same time, try to keep it as routine as possible. So she doesn't get confused and because just a little bit of confusion can be a whole lot of confusion for her. Well, so, so not only is the body affected, Oh but, yeah, the but mind. memory, everything is, is Cognitive skills. Yes. Uh huh. <sighs> yeah. Oh, I mean, we, we, yeah. And, and I mean, we hear of Parkinson's, you know, we hear, and we hear of how debilitating it is. Mm -hmm. But I, and of course, everyone has different ranges. I've met a few people that have it, but as you say, they're, they're at a different place. I mean, um, they, exactly. they just begin to lose their, um, their physical motor skills as opposed to, you know, the, the, the mind and everything functions just great. Um, right. So it, the different levels of it. So for her, it's affecting her in every way. Every way. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's very progressive. And, you know, and it's, this is a harsh one. This is one that is just, you know, it has a lot of, um, you know, just very, very fast moving side effects that come along with it and symptoms that come along with it. And, you know, and like I said, the, the medication, the symptoms that go along with the medications, the side effects from that, um, you know, when, when her medication is off, it's really problematic because these are, you know, some harsh medicines. And she at one time came in and told me that they were getting ready to put her on um, a medication and that it was one of the meaner ones, one mm. of the more aggressive medications, and that this one of the side effects could be death. And so she was really nervous about it, but it did help her. It, it did help her quite a bit. Um, you know, but there, you know, there are days that she'll wake up and it'll be just, you see her, you see her again. And then there are days that, you know, she, she comes in and you wonder if you're going to get through the session with her. So, you know, you just have to be very open to um, whatever the day may bring. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. and be prepared to to work from that point. Mm-hmm. But every moment's a new entry point. And we know that from our yoga practice, <laughs> that every moment is a new entry point. And, mm-hmm. you know, and it's no different for her than it is for anybody else yes. in that respect. Yes. Yes. That, I, so. I, I, I love the way you, I love the way you put that. I love the way you state that. Because it's so true that uh, we have to release ego, we have to release uh, competition and all those different levels and just be who we are just at that moment. Right. And it's lovely right. that you saw her the first time and thought, oh, she's just having a bad day, as we all do. It's like exactly. some days we can do this and some exactly. days, for whatever yeah. reason. I, I wish I had a dollar for every time I walked into class and couldn't tell my right from my left all the way through <laughs> class. <laughs> you know, that happens. Or, uh, you know, yeah, or we're doing some salutation. Do something on yeah. one side, I'll do something on one right. side and forget the other side, yes. you know. I mean, it happens to all of us. And, you know, so when it, you know, like I said, the, the first few times, I just thought something's going on with her. She's got something on her mind. It's, you know, um, it's none of my business. If she wants to come and talk to me about it, she will. If not, you know, that's fine too. But then it, it just got to a point that I knew that this wasn't just, she was, wasn't just having an issue at home. This was a health issue. This was something that we really needed to ex- to examine and see what was going on for her safety in class. Yes. Uh, yes, of course. Now, now, um, does she continue to do any other sports or, uh, oh, does no. she con- not no. just yoga? Just yoga. Yeah. She, um, she lost her ability to drive about a year ago. Oh, um, it's been a while then. Yeah. Yeah. This has been going on for a couple of years. She's been, she's been coming to me one-on-one, um, for probably a year now. The chair class that she went, came to, um, she stopped doing that last spring. Hmm. I believe it was. Yeah. Last spring. So, you know, it just, it became too much for her and, um, you know, and, and, you know, and as a teacher, you also have to keep in mind that you do have other students when it's a group class. And it had gotten to a point that in a 60-minute class, I was devoting 60% of my time, if not more, just to her. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and everybody, you know, don't get me wrong, everybody was very patient about it, very understanding about it, very supportive of her. They loved having her in class. Um, you know, it was a sad day when she stopped coming to class, but, you know, at the same time, my not being able to give her my full attention, um, was not really fair to her Mm -hmm. and my not being able to give my other students the attention that they deserved was not very fair to them. So, you know, she just, she just needed more attention from me than I was able to give in a group class. And so, you know, we just had to make those arrangements and, and she's done so much better one-on-one. I mean, we just, we really get in and, and get down and dirty when she comes in, we just, you know, get right down to business and everything's devoted to her and whatever her needs are. And that's where we go. And, Um, so it's just worked out much better. Mm, Yes, of course, because, uh, and it's also much safer. Right. I think it's much safer for you to be fully attentive to her needs right at that moment. Uh, never not knowing what could happen in the next moment for her really, because she doesn't sound like she doesn't have the control. Yeah. I've seen shifts in class. Mm. I've seen her come in and, um, be on her toes and alert and Mm -hmm. fine. And before that session is over, she's not. And I've seen the opposite of that. I've seen her come in and not be on her toes and not be real sure about what's going on. And then by the time that she leaves, she's sharp as a tack. So, you know, I've seen that shift happen within just a few minutes. And, um, you know, and and I think her husband has seen that too and her kids. Um now, so what that, about uh, the other forms of yoga, like the pranayam, the breath work? We do a lot of breath. Oh, we, wonderful. So she's able to connect with that. It's challenging. I just keep working with her, mm-hmm. you know, and, and try to get her to synchronize her breathing with mine. Um, you know, and this is the thing. Throughout this 
this time, like I said, she she looks forward to her yoga class. She's there, you know, every time she's ready to go. She really connects with me. And I think that's really important. Um, if you have somebody that in your life that has this and you want to get them, you know, into a yoga program or a yoga therapy program, you need to find somebody that they connect with. And I, she and I have found that connection. We, you know, we just kind of connect with each other. And so I can kind of draw her back and get her, you know, I had a sister that was, in fact, today would have been her birthday. She died in 2005, but she, um, she was mentally retarded. And so I grew up with people who, with, you know, someone who had physical and mental challenges. So I've never shied away from it. You know, it's always been there. And so I learned just through my life experience with her how to get them to connect and get her to connect. And so I just try to get her, when we work on the breathing, I just try to get her to connect with my breathing. Um, sometimes she does very well. Sometimes it's more of a challenge. Um, but usually, you know, that really can help pull her back. Also, Reiki. She's, she, I'm a Reiki master, and she responds very, very well to Reiki. Uh, so that's been... A, very, a, a blessing to be able to have that to use on her. So, um, you know, that's, I think, very important that, you know, when you have somebody or if you have Parkinson's yourself or if you know somebody who does and you want to get them into a yoga therapy program, really find that teacher that they can connect with. And that doesn't necessarily mean that it's the best teacher in the entire world. It just means that it's somebody that they connect with, that they feel safe with, that they feel comfortable with, that they can, they can say the, the, the hard stuff to, you know, that this is going on and, you know, the things that might be embarrassing for them, that might be something that they would not tell the entire world, but they feel open and safe enough that they can tell you. And so that's, I think that's very important when you're trying to find a teacher, um, you know, to, to find that. Absolutely. Uh, now, what um, what are the what? key points for instructors who may not have, like you, several years ago, not uh, have not encountered this? I know, you know, there is, of course, there is the yoga therapist group. I, I understand they are out there, which is the core of you know scientists who who are attempting to analyze, you know, the ther therapies of yoga and the therapeutic benefits. Um, and no doubt some of them may or may not have investigated Parkinson's. I would think that they would have to a certain point, but yeah. then again, um, what about someone like yourself where you just, you've been trained, you've been trained in so many areas of yoga. Of yoga. Right. Yeah. Um, right. so, yeah. so share that point with us. Like, like what, like what areas have you been trained in and what didn't you learn during that time? Well, you know, I'll, when I when I started teaching yoga, I, um, you know, I was just a general yoga teacher. You know, I had um, one way of teaching that I had been taught, and that's what I taught. And you know, that was eleven years ago that I started teaching. And through that time, I have, you know, studied all kinds of teachers. You know, from very um, powerful vinyasa, you know, make you sweat all over your mat teachers to the very gentle, <laughs> you know, the very gentle, you want to go to sleep after their class teachers. And I think each one of them has something to offer, you know, in a form of yoga therapy, they all have something to offer. The International Association of Yoga Therapists actually has a lot of information on yoga for Parkinson's. When I went through, um, you know, the publications that are available for us, they have a lot of um, information. Um, you know, just research, just, you know, because the thing of it is, like I said, you can't generalize with this. You can't say, okay, this is a one size fits all thing. You just, that it's not going to be the case. You know, you may have a, a student that is um, 
Yeah, they've got Parkinson's and they occasionally may have a few tremors or they may, you know, have, you know, some rigidity and, you know, in their legs or, you know, they may have some symptoms, but for the most part, they do okay. That's one type. Or then you may have somebody who's like my student who, you know, progressed rapidly and there was, you know, no getting hold of it. So you can't generalize and say, okay, this is what you do. You do warrior one, you do warrior two, you do, you know, you can't do that. One of the poses that I have found that works really, really well for her is Tadasana. Mm. It's just, just, you know, it's a balancing pose, you know, um, as they say, the greatest balancing act known to man is the ability to stand on our own two feet or woman as it would be. But it's true. You know, I have to say, I have to say, even my mother who's in her 80s, to stand in one place and just breathe and be still, it is not easy. No. And the stacking of the bones and the alignment and the feeling the feet that, you know, feeling where you're grounded, how, you know, all of those things are very simple, but so profound, even for someone who's in good health, mm-hmm. you know, to take that time to um, just reconnect with your body in a very simple, subtle way. Somebody with Parkinson's, this is huge. This is, you know, um, feeling their body, reconnecting with their body when it's out of control is, you know, that's that's a, a huge factor in this, is just getting them to reconnect with their body. But, um, you know, for, for instructors out there that may be dealing with this or may be interested in having a class for people with Parkinson's disease, my advice to them is, number one, keep it simple. Keep a simple practice, one that's going to be effective for them. You know, like I said, Tadasana is a is a very simple, basic pose, but it's a very profound pose for somebody with this type of an illness. Um, keep it routine. Don't change things up a lot, you know, because that will just confuse them if they're having some cognitive and um, memory problems. Um and, you know, and of course, be in the moment, you know, if they walk in and you had planned for them that they were going to do these poses today and then they walk in and they're having a an off day, be ready to switch things up from that and do something that they're able to do, um, you know, and that may pose a big challenge for the teacher, but it will, I think, give you longer lasting results for the student. Mm. And that's really what it's about. We're not, you know, we're not teaching this for ourselves. We're teaching this for our student to get the benefit. And, you know, so, um, you know, I I think that the last um, Yoga Hub conference, I taught a class on sequencing. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I had said in that class is to make sure that you teach the class that is in front of you. That if you walk in and you have a powerful class plan, but then you walk in and you've got seven students and six of them are going, I am just so exhausted. I just had such a rough day. (laughs) Then you might want to switch that up and say, okay, let's restore and rejuvenate a little bit. So, and the same goes for, you know, for somebody with this disease, you know, if they come in and they're, you know, ready to really get with it, then, you know, go with the flow. If they come in and they're not, then go with the flow. And, um, you know, and that I think really is one of the biggest um, things that a yoga teacher can learn is to just be in the moment with the student. Mm. Wonderful advice, Kat. Thank you so much. This is You're welcome. Yes, I think it's, it's so important on all, all angles, but it comes back down to the sort of uh, points of yoga, be in the moment. In the Whether you are the student or That's right. the teacher. And, and you life. Know, and life, of course. And, you know, there will be a day, I'm sure, that, you know, because there's no cure for Parkinson's. There's, you know, there's no cure for that. So there may come a day that she may not be able to walk. She may be in a wheelchair. If that's the case, we will still continue to exercise. We will do it differently. But, you know, we will 
continue her yoga practice. And it may just be a case of assisted yoga practice of my, you know, bending her knees for her and straightening her legs and, you know, which I do that now. But, um, you know, you, you have to be ready for the progression that goes along with it as well. And I think through her yoga practice, she's learned to um, be at ease with the progression too. That, you know, if you get a diagnosis of Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, um, cancer, anything that, you know, typically is ravaging to the body, it's very scary and it's very, um, it's very sad. It's just very sad. And, um, but to get people to be at ease with that and to be accepting that, you know, this is all we have is this moment right now. You know, um, I'm saying, you know, like I said with her, you know, the, about her that she might end up in a wheelchair one day. What well, you know what? I could go outside and get hit by a car and end up in a wheelchair before she could. So, you know, I mean, that's true advice for everybody. It's not just people who have a disease. It's for everybody. And that's what I'm trying to, you know, to instill in her that, yes, you have this disease. Yes, this has caused some issues for your body. This has caused some issues for your memory. And in the next moment, it may not be like that. In the next moment, you may be fine. And to just live with those moments as they are. And I think that has actually been one of the most um, easing things for her is to just be able to say, today's not a good day. I'm going to rest. I'm going to, you know, live today as it is. And we'll see what tomorrow brings or the next moment brings. You know, that's having that sense of acceptance and ease is so important for anybody who has a disease. You know, um, nothing, you know, there's no guarantees. I mean, we can do yoga and we can eat healthy and we can, you know, do all these things and we could fall over dead of a heart attack. You know, I mean, there's, there's just no guarantees. So, you know, that's what I try to instill in her that really... She has this disease, but really she's no different than anybody else because we all are living in the moment. Mm-hmm. You know, we're all living moment to moment and, and our lives can change in an instant. So, you know, that's, that's anybody. Yes. Thank you so much, Kat. This is, well, you've really, if I can say, hit the nail on the head, uh, yes. <laughs> You've encompassed all of it into a nutshell there. And and really, it is. It is. It really yeah, comes down to that, no matter what you're dealing with and what, what illness or imbalance that we're dealing with. That's right. A perfect example of that is a, another student of mine a few years ago. In fact, she's getting married again at the end of this month. But about six years ago, her husband, who was the picture of health, had been out golfing and, you know, 55 years old, and he woke up and said he had heartburn and he was going to go sit in his chair and he didn't make it to his chair. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we have to just seize the moments as they are, whether we have an illness or we, you know, we don't because, you know, that's what life is. It's just a series of moments. And the more good moments that we can connect, the better, you know, Absolutely. but we are going to have those moments that aren't going to be as as good as the one before possibly and you know to live in acceptance and love of ourselves no matter where we're at in our life that's that's very important mm-hmm. well thank you so much Kat this has just been a wonderful time that uh, to spend with you again <laughs> yeah. I, it's always fun yeah yes and I mean you're, <laughs> always trying to get those glitches worked out I know, <laughs> but actually, it's uh, luckily it's uh, held up so beautifully yeah, for this whole time. So we got it done in the beginning. <laughs> we got all the technical glitches uh, uh, put aside yeah, in the beginning. So it's good. all wonderful, <laughs> and uh, your information and the sharing of your experience is is uh, it's very. We're very grateful for that, as well as you know, um, of your the courage that your student has continues to show is really inspiring 
It's an inspiration. Yes. Um, You know, and and I do encourage anybody out there who has somebody or if they're dealing with it themselves or if they know somebody that's dealing with this, a loved one possibly, you know, exercise is very important. That's one of the things that her doctor has said all the way through is one of the best things that you can do for this type of illness is exercise. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so... Keep that in mind that, you know, um, simple exercise is is very, you know, it, it takes us back to our basics. It takes us back to our breathing, um, connecting with our bodies, it, you know, so it's one of the best things that can be done mm-hmm. for anybody with any type of illness or, you know, um, it's, it's really uh, the best thing that can be done for them. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much, Kat Robinson. You Thank you, Christina. Magnificent, our Yoga Hub family member. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> oh, and of course, we'd like to thank Segovia Smith and the Yoga Hub team for making this time possible. And to each and every one of you for joining us in this new platform of education and information. We are always grateful for your continuous support and look forward to hearing your feedback on how we can serve you better. We invite you to join us live on Tuesdays for Magical Medical Tour at 10.30 a.m. Pacific, 1.30 Eastern, Wednesdays for Trinity of Life at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, followed every other week with Flowing into Awareness with Anatara. We are always grateful for your feedback and support. Please uh, share with us your comments and suggestions if you know of others that would uh, be wonderful to share their experiences, please let us know. 818-LET'S-TALK. 818-LET'S-TALK. Thank you so much. And until we meet again, namaste. YHTV's Trinity of Life. Come join me, Christina Suzama, as I journey to find the many modalities that support individuals, from children to adults to elders, with topics ranging from health and wellness, meditation, and inspirational stories. I invite you to visit yogahub.tv every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. I've heard you use the word safe. Can you elaborate a little bit more on that? Like, like, like an open class, um, no matter, no matter who goes in there and it's not specifically, you know, a gay or lesbian, uh, directed class. I, I think it's a, it's a few things. Um, when I say safe, I mean that it's a place for you to be able to unpeel yourself and really allow your core to shine and really allow for your, for yourself to heal. And in order to heal, you need a safe place for that mm. to happen. So I provide a place for people to heal and to feel comfortable in and to open.